0: Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Welcome to Change, everybody. I'm Elijah Hollis, lead pastor here at Change. And it is just a pleasure to have you here at Change today. Uh, You'll notice we're sat a little differently here. We believe that life happens in circles, not rows. And so we believe in sitting around tables and doing life together. That's the way we do. How many know life can be heavy sometimes? Life can hit hard. Storms of life hit. Chaos is a given, but calm's a choice. And what we do is we link arms and do life together. We say, we can do this together. And when you have a team around you, when you have a family around you, all of a sudden the uh, the load of life becomes lighter. Because we do it together. And that's the way it should be, isn't it? That's what Jesus came to do, is unite us. He said, man, you've got a lot of barriers. You've got a lot of things going on that's splitting you all apart. And you're thinking Jews and Gentiles and races and all that stuff is, it's not what it's about. Jesus said, i got to break down those barriers, those walls so we can all unite, come around what we all care about. Because we're all people, right? And so I'm excited that you're here. Hey, I just want to challenge you. Next week is going to be off the charts, okay? It's going to be off the chain. It's going to be dope. Um, basically, we, we made this movie. And this movie um, is all about uh, modern-day Mary and just the labels that she put on her life. And let me tell you, as we were making it, as we were going through it, I'm, I'm just sitting there watching. I'm like, wow, this is so where everybody is. We've put these labels on ourselves and we've become our labels. We become what we're wrapped up in. And let me tell you, invite somebody next week because it is going to be life changing. Um, we, we hit the streets and we're passing out candy. I mean, it's something stupid. It's just a candy cane and an invite. We're like, hey, we want to invite you out to, you know, our Christmas production and what's going on. But make sure you grab some invites. Uh, get the word out. Uh, we are generous. And we step out of our comfort zones and do what we need to do because we've been given generosity. We've experienced the true generosity of God, so we extend it to everyone else. Does that make sense? And so don't, don't hoard it. Don't be a hoarder. You ever seen that show? That's disgusting. Don't hoard the gift you've been given. Give it away. It's meant to give away. And so make sure that we spread the word about what God is doing in our lives and what God is doing in our families. Hey, We're in this series called Wrapped Up, and I'm pumped about it. Um, Last week we talked about how sometimes, and I don't know if you see this to be true, uh, but sometimes we can mistake the package, what we're all wrapped in, for the person. And we judge everybody off of the outer exterior. And it's not fair because the gift is meant to be celebrated, but sometimes we get too caught up in the gift wrap. And can you imagine if your kids... They tore open the presents, and they put the toys and stuff that you spent so much money and put on credit. Come on, somebody. Put it on credit to get, and they played with the wrapping paper and thought that that was the gift. Can you imagine? I'd be ticked. And that's what we do with God sometimes is we take the gift that he put inside of us, and we settle for the gift wrap being what we place our identity in. And it's the things that happened to us all along the way. It's what people spoken to us. It's what our parents spoken to us. You're no good. You can't do that. I, I, you're, what do you think? You're not anything. and we take those labels and we place them around ourselves and it becomes our gift wrap. and then we accidentally, but maybe intentionally, sometimes, and, and maybe unintentionally, we place our identity in the gift wrap instead of celebrating the gift that was placed inside of us. And so we mistaken the package for the person. And when we meet people, we only see the package. We never dive into the true person. And the sad thing is, a lot of times if we keep going in life and we keep up with that package, it becomes our prison. And all of a sudden, you got bars. Not wrapping bars. Bars that keep you contained. And you can't do that because, well, I, I I don't do that. Well, I can't. Well, you don't know how I was raised. You don't know how my parents did it. You don't know how my extended family did it. This is who we are. This is my norm. I can't do that. I've tried that before. And all of a sudden, your package becomes your prison. And you can't try anything new. You can't go anywhere because you are stuck in your gift wrap instead of coming alive to the gift place inside of you. Did you know you're made in the image of God? And so when we hide our gift, we actually hide the image of our Father. We hide who He is. And when we come alive to our gifts, now everybody's gifts are different. And praise the Lord, because it would be so boring if we were all the same. We all got different gifts and talents. And they're all attributes of our Father. Isn't that cool? I gave my kids all different things. Zion's nuts. He's crazy. He's a he's a thinker. He's he thinks way too much about everything, just like I did. I mean, I placed that. In. It's almost like my chromosome went into him. You know, it's almost like science. I don't know. But Anne, she's the wild child, so she got all the energy. Right? They're both actually, they're both crazy. But Anne is is this dream? She's crazy. She's all out there, and I see my attributes in every one of them. I see him in the and the father when he. Knit us together, we're going to talk about this today a little bit. But when he knit us together, he put his attributes in us. Now, not all of us look the same, and that's because you have a different attribute of God inside of you than I have inside of me. But a lot of times we get caught up in the package and never realize what the true gift is inside of you. But when you understand the gift and you understand the gift giver, when you get in touch with him, you come alive to the true reason why you're here. Isn't that awesome? And that's why we're here today. I want to continue the series and i entitled today, getting to know me. Getting to know me. A lot of times we know everybody else but we don't know ourselves. We know about everybody else in our life because we're asking them questions. But can you imagine if you took time and dated yourself, took yourself out on a date and started asking questions to yourself? The questions you ask everybody else? So where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Why are you like how you are? What, what made you like that? Why are you interested in that? Why are you passionate about that? What created those feelings? What made you want to get into that? Can you imagine if we started asking ourselves these questions? Why do you call yourself that? Why do you think about yourself in that way? And we dove into who we are. Can you imagine if you got to know you? What would you find out? Some of us would be scared to death. I remember when we first, uh, you know, started this whole journey, and my coach asked me, you know, what, why do you do what you do? I never thought about it. Well, I don't know. I grew up in church. That's not good enough. And I dove back to this one moment in time where this girl in my youth group committed suicide, and it was in that moment that created a passion in me that said, no matter what it takes, I'm going to make sure people know their purpose. i want to make sure people come alive to it. And it was in that moment, but I never knew that. I never knew that about myself. But what if we took time and started to get to know us? In, in Psalm chapter 139, this is David writing. And David, he was one, and if you read the Psalms, he wrote a lot of the Psalms. And so when you read these, you'll notice he has these moments with God where he gets to know God and he's in his presence and he'll have these like almost epiphanies where he'll just be like, oh my word, I realized this and he'll write it down and so we get to read his thoughts in those, in those moments. But he, he captures this moment with God in verse 13 of 139. It says, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully And wonderfully made. Now, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, make sure you write down the words fearfully and wonderfully. They're huge words, and we're gonna be looking at them today. They're super key uh, to knowing who we are. You need to know you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, you gotta break it down, because the word fearfully literally means deep respect or reverence. And so when David was talking, he was having this moment with God. He was, he was understanding a little deeper about what God did with him. He said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You intricately put me together. Now, you got to know God spoke everything into existence. The Bible says that he spoke light and light happened. He spoke animals and plants and creation and sea and earth. He put them apart and heaven and earth. He, he spread out the universe, everything with words. And then the Bible says that he made man in his own image, that he breathed life into man. It was different for God. We were a special creation. He had deep reverence, deep respect for the moment he put us together. And fearfully means deep respect, and wonderfully means unique and set apart. So when David was talking here, he was like, Man, God, not only did you make me, Not only did you knit me together in my mother's womb, but you made me in such a reverent moment and you treated me with the utmost respect and you set me apart and made me unique. Now here's the problem. A lot of us when we date ourselves, when we go out and find out about ourselves, we look in a mirror because that's all we know what to do. And so all we can see in the mirror is ourselves, the outer appearance. And it's not our fault. The Bible even says man looks on the outside but God looks in the heart. So that's what we do. We look on the outside. We look at the package. What we're packaged in. We look at our skin color. We look at our abilities. look at our eyes. We look at where our nose is placed on our face and how many freckles we have and how our shoulders are and our body figure and shape and size and we read all this stuff online about what it means that we are shaped like that and why we think like that and all the the things and we judge ourselves off of that and we see the outer appearance. And that's, that's a problem because the gift wrap is just to complement the gift. It's not the actual thing. But sometimes we stop at the gift wrap. And when we start to know ourselves, we base it off of the outer appearance. And David said, he goes on, he goes on in verse 15, he says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, I love this thought because David paints this picture of God knowing us before we were formed. You know what that means is that the basis of who we are, the foundation of our character and what God placed inside of us has nothing to do with our form has everything to do with the thought and the gift of God that he put inside of you. has nothing to do with our form, but sometimes we base everything on our form. Well, God, I can't do that. I, I wasn't made like that. I wasn't made to do that. And he says, look deeper. You're looking at the form. You've got to look into who you truly are. You've got to get to know you. What I placed in you from the beginning of time. Not what everybody says about you. Not all the people that they think they know what they're doing. Because you know what? We are all flawed. I don't know if you knew this. And if you're married, you know this far too well. When you're dating, life is just fairy tale land. There's nothing wrong with her. She's amazing, mom. You have no idea. You know, you know the conversation. Oh, he is just Prince Charming. He, he's so nice to me. He's so disrespectful. And then marriage day happens. And not bad on marriage, but like marriage happens and you find out you married a real person with flaws just like yourself. And you have flaws that come out too. We're all flawed. And the problem is when we start judging each other and telling each other what we think, we're flawed people talking to flawed people. And our opinions are flawed. And so we base everything on a flawed opinion. What your mom said to you? What your dad said to you that was wrong was flawed, and you've been basing your entire life on that word. Those kids in kindergarten and first grade and second grade, when they spoke that over you, or when you got to middle school, who Lord help you when you get to middle school, because we're way too honest and way too rude, but when those kids spoke that into your life, all of a sudden you based everything you are on those words of flawed individuals, and it's not fair. Because everybody's looking at the gift wrap. We're looking at the package. We're not looking at the true gift. Because honestly, we don't know ourselves. But what if we got to know us? What if I got to know me? What if I started asking myself questions? Why do I do that? Why do I love that? Why am I passionate about that? Why do I come alive when that happens? Why, when a person does that, do I react like that? You ever asked yourself that? Why do I get mad when people do that? Why do I get angry whenever that happens to me? I mean, dig. Dig a little deeper. Why? We could fix a lot if we just got to know ourselves. Just think of our world if we were all confident in who we are because we knew ourselves. It'd be an amazing place to be. But God created and he took time and wove you together in a respectful moment. Now, if you have anything that you value, if you're a car guy, you know this. You don't put anything on your car besides a microfiber cloth, right? Any other cloth is going to scratch your paint, so you don't do it, right? You only treat it with the deep respect. And God, when he made us, he had deep respect. He was careful. And he knit together perfectly everything he wanted in there you know what he did? he also did? He put flaws in so you would need faith. And he put glitches in so you would need his grace. Because if you didn't have flaws, you wouldn't need faith. And if you didn't have glitches, you wouldn't need his grace. That almost rhymes. Spitting bars. Just go with me on this thought, because I know it's kind of crazy. You're like, why, why would God put flaws in there? But can you imagine God, and he's He's forming everybody. He's like, angels, come around. Angels, come around. Now, listen, y'all know this. I am, this is a deep respect moment. I know I told y'all to be quiet while I'm knitting this person together. It's totally fine. But listen, I want you to understand something. I have to put flaws in, and I have to put glitches in. Because if I don't, if I don't put any flaws in these these amazing create this amazing creation my creature my children if i don't put flaws in them they'll never turn to the one who makes them whole they'll never turn to the one whose opinion matters because i created them like they are and if they don't know me they won't know who they truly are and so they'll never turn to me unless i put flaws in so angels listen up we got to put some flaws in but from our appearance from our view viewpoint from our vantage point All we can see is the flaws, and so we base our entire existence on those flaws instead of realizing in the flaws we find God because we have to turn to our Father. We have to turn to Him. He's the only one that makes us whole. And we can try on our own. We can try to do it on our own, but we can't because we're flawed people. We got glitches. We got glitches. And we're basing everything on those glitches and flaws, but God said, I, ju- I put that in you just so you would turn to me, so you would know me, so you would understand who I am. Anne, she's a very descriptive person. She describes things, and then she repeats them to you to make sure you understand what she said the first time. And we were playing this color game. I don't know if you play this where cars go by, and you have to find the red car, you have to find the blue car, or whatever, and... And you call out cars for the other person to find. So we're playing this. We're in Center City, and, and there's a lot of cars going by. And Anae, she says, Dad, there's a red truck with the back open with a hose hanging out. Now, Dad, it's a truck, not a car. Dad, it's not a car. It's a truck. And she repeats it to you like you didn't hear her or like she knows what you're thinking your thinking car but she knows that so she's going to correct you and make sure you understand what she said she said dad it's not a car it's a truck and it's red not blue it's not blue dad it's red now she's for you sorry she's a little little shorty over here but she she acts like she just knows everything and you don't and so she's making sure you know it's not blue dad it's red and it's a truck not a car. And it drove by, it has a thing open and it's got a hose hanging out the bottom. And by the third time she said, it's a car, it's a truck, not a car. I looked at her and I was like, I know it's a truck. I get it. And a lot of times that's how we treat God is we come to him and we're like, hey God, listen, I got a plan uh, for my life and I want to tell you it in detail. I want a truck and not a car, I want my life to end up like this, and not that, I want to marry a person like this, I know I haven't met them, I haven't even seen him. but God, I want to marry a person like this, and not that, I want my career to go this way, and this timing, and I want my children to be like this, not that, I want my body to look like this, I want my eyes to look like this, God, I, if you and we explain, we say, God, did you hear me, excuse me, Excuse me, I know Father of Lights, Creative Universe, I get it, you're busy, but did you hear me? I want my life to go like this, not that. And we're talking to a God who already marked out our perfect plan in His book before we were even formed. But we know best, don't we? Because we don't even know who we are. Yeah, we tell the God who created us where we should be and where we should be and who we should be with and how we should be. What if we change things around? And what if we dove into who he is and realized he's got everything we need to know? And we dove into his presence. We say, God, teach us. Who are I? Who am I? what did you put inside of me? Why do I act like this? Why am I passionate about these things? Why do I love these things? Why do I react like that? And really dive into, God, who did you make me when you intricately put me together? When you sewed me together, you put all the characteristics and personalities and the way I work and the way I'm flawed. You put it all in there. You put it in there for a reason because you have a plan, a plan, a plan. You have a plan. From the beginning of time, you have a plan for my life. And it will set a lot of you free if you understand God's got the plan in his hands. And if you just come to him and tune into his voice, you can realize a lot about yourself because you understand that he has it all marked out already. But he gives us choice. And I love that and I hate that about God. Sometimes I'm like, God, would you just like force me to do something so I do it perfect? Come on, why do you give me choice? But God does. Really quickly, I want to I look at Jeremiah 1 verse 4. God says to Jeremiah, I've called you, I've chose you. Before time, he's, he's repeating kind of what David was speaking. But God's speaking to me. He's like, hey, I chose you before the time to be a prophet to the nations. And, and look at Jeremiah's response to him. He goes, in verse 6, he says, alas, sovereign Lord. I said, who says alas anymore? I don't know. I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. And Jeremiah was basing everything on the package. Because can't you just picture his dad talking to him and saying, Jeremiah, when are you going to be able to talk right? Come on, spit it out, kid. To today, junior. And when he went to school, all his friends. What's wrong? with Why do you talk so funny? Can you imagine? All those labels placed on him. And then when the sovereign Lord comes to him and says, I've made you a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah did some amazing exploits if you read the book of Jeremiah. But when the, the sovereign Lord spoke to him and said, I've made you a prophet, he went directly to the words and labels and the wrapping of everything he had placed around his life up until that point. He's like, God, no, I can't. You don't understand. I can't talk. You don't understand. I'm too young. And he didn't base it on the words of the Father. He based it on the words of others. He based it on his thoughts. What he thought. But the creator knows you more than you know yourself. And he has a plan for you. And I want to pray for you today that God would open and reveal his plan for your life. And he would reveal the gift inside of you. Because you know what the world needs? The world needs you to come alive to your gift. More than anything else. If you can come alive to your gift, it's the reason God put you here. And if you come alive, and we all come together, alive and whole, can you imagine what we can get accomplished in our families? And as we go into this time of my city, my time in 2018, as we prepare for this year, As we take the Lord's plans for this city, the Lord's plans for our family, the Lord's plans for our careers and our lives individually, we own it. Make it our own and say, God, we're going to stand up because this is our time. This is our time to stand in the promises of God, to stand in why you made us, why you put us here. And I'm going to do everything in my power to do everything you've called me to do. I challenge you, we're going to move into a time uh, of giving and and worshiping our giving. Because we believe in generosity here at Change. Because generosity is the only way we're going to see true change happen. Right? It's all of us opening our hands and saying, hey, this is what I got. It's not much, but it's what I got. It's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. We all lay it down on the table and say, all right, here's where we are. Let me just challenge you. Next week we're going to do our year-end offering. And let me challenge you as Change. We're going into next year strong. And I'm fired up about it. I'm fired up about what's coming. All the things we're starting. And the things that God is going to do in our city as we step out of the boat and become the most generous people. But I want to challenge you because uh, I remember when we first stepped out into change. And we, you know, we we were very generous with our steady paycheck. It was coming in, so it was going out. We I've always been like that. I grew up generous. My wife grew up generous. So when we came together, it just made sense. We're going to be generous, you know. So that was just the thing. When the steady paycheck stopped and all of a sudden we started doing our own thing and, and we stepped out of the boat. Because sometimes when you step out of faith, it's not certain waters, okay. It's not certain where you're going to be. Not certain what's going to come in. And we, we had a conversation and we said, even though it's not coming in, we're not only going to continue to give, we're going to give more. Because we understand what God did, but we understand what God can do. Does that make sense? And 2017 was a great year. We saw some amazing things happen. But do you know what's coming in 2018? The best year yet. The best year yet. God's favor is going to pour out in everything that we do. And so we're stepping up. We're saying, how much can we give? How much can we see God come in and do his work as we all lay down the greed because everybody's got greed, and that's fine. We've got to lay it down and say, how can we be the most generous people to see the kingdom of God come down to earth in a forceful way? So we can forcefully advance his kingdom. And I challenge you, join us, would you? Join us. Some of you, it's going to be the first time you've ever tithed. Hey, that's a starting point. It's awesome. 10%, it's what's coming in. It's going. It's, we bring the tithe. We don't give the tithe. We bring it because it's God's to begin with. But I challenge you, those of you who do tithe, because we believe in tithes and offerings. But I I challenge you, go further. What does God want to stretch you in? Because it was hard. First time we had to be generous and it wasn't a steady income. Oh, man, it was hard. Because it wasn't certain. But we'll never look back. Because can you, without going into too many details, God has blessed us more now than he ever has in all of our life. And I, all I can look at is the gift. It's in the gift. It opens the door for the giver. It's in the gift. So I challenge you, be praying. This is, we, this is you got seven days. Be praying. What does God want you to do? How does God want you to get involved? Hey, let's, uh, let's pray for the, the, the gifts today that we're going to give. God, we love you today. And we thank you for your power and your awesome presence in this place. We give you all the praise, all the glory and honor. pray that you Help our gifts to go further than we could ever make them go on our own. We love and trust you, God. In your name we pray, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischange.phl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.